Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. We're sitting here with C. Simone Papone. Did I get it right? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> a very tricky name, uh, but a, a lovely person who's the um, head of growth at Vertosa. What's that? <laughs> so Vertosa is an active ingredient manufacturer. We provide active ingredients such as CBD and THC for brands that want to create infused products such as beverages, cosmetics, gummies. Anyone looking for some an infusion partner to create the active ingredient. So wait, as creating active ingredients in the world of, of THC and CBD, you mean you got a, an unmarked warehouse someplace where, um, like, like um, giant trucks of, of cannabis are pulling in the back in late at night? Is that is that, that what that fun. is? Sounds <laughs> fun. Um, we actually have a lab facility in Oakland uh, where we have great scientists. Uh huh. White, white lab coats, the whole yep, deal. Yep, the whole white lab coats branded with the Vertosa. They create emulsions. What we do um, best is customization. So as you know, products on the market have multiple types of active ingredients. Um, And so there's not a one size fits all. What we do is work with the company to create a customized emulsion that works with their active ingredients. See, it's so funny. Most people who are users in the world of know less than nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I know less than nothing about virtually every product that I get. I don't know how it was developed, where it came from, how it's packaged, how it, how it got to the to the market. I, I know nothing. But here in particular, you know, coming from a world where, let's see, you bought a nickel bag and then you bought some rolling <laughs> papers and you rolled up the stuff in the nickel bag, you took out the seeds and the stems. <laughs> and, you know, and they weren't called pre-rolls. You, you got a pretty good roll yourself. Some people had to use a little rolling uh, machine. Uh, and that was about it, you know. And yeah. you never knew what you were getting. You know, we, we knew it was from somewhere in Mexico because you might have a peso sitting somewhere in the um, in, in the, uh, the nickel bag. Or a newspaper was wrapped in. That, that would be, they would talk about the kilos. Um, but otherwise, you had no idea. You know, for all you know, it was made. In, it was grass from literally lawn grass from someone's backyard. Yeah. You didn't know. And here we're dealing with a world of such high technicality. Mm-hmm. But you can't get a degree at. Uh, you said you're in Oakland. You can't get a degree at, um, at UC Berkeley. In but you um, had at Oaksterdam. <laughs> That's true. There called Oaksterdam. No kidding. Yeah, it's been there for a long time. It's like um, the old, like mm-hmm. the original. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. People go there to learn to cultivate, oh, learn different come, things. Go from all yeah. over the world. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's world renowned. Well, this is serious stuff. And now <laughs> it's expanded. As you know, we've met people who have PhDs mm-hmm. in cultivation, etc. Right. So yeah. How I want to know how she got into it. I was just about to say, how <laughs> did you yourself get involved? Because there's always a backstory yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my story is pretty funny. I learned about cannabis when I was young, uh, around the age of eight or nine, which I wasn't aware 
of what it was, uh, my mom, my father, I'm actually child number 15 out of 16 kids. Whoa. My father had 16 children. Growing up where, please? uh, In Portobello, California, small farm town area. And with the same person? Two two wives. Uh, My mother was the second wife. They each had eight kids, but Asian family, big, uh, close-knit family parties, Four days. <laughs> well, your 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 family itself is a party when you arrive. Yeah, exactly. We don't How really many years away invite. were you from the oldest? Um, she's old enough to be my mother. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's how okay. old. Yeah, I'm uh, second to the youngest, right. number fifteen. Amazing. Yeah. So the way you feed a lot of kids, mainly in an Asian family, is soups, big bowls of pho bars. Uh, you just get in line, make your bowl, fill it up. My mom used to use the cannabis herb in her bow broth and she referred to it as just an herb Uh which is what i saw it as uh growing up eating pho was great (laughs) it tasted amazing um it wasn't until college i put two and two together when my college roommate was like hey do you want to try uh some marijuana and i was like why does this look like what my mom used to put in our pho (laughs) and And you're like what the pho yeah So you said, by saying pho, you, you identify pho. yourself as Vietnamese. Yeah, the Vietnamese pho. Okay, and as does does cannabis have a history in Vietnamese cooking? Uh, well, I'm not Vietnamese, uh, so we made a Lao version. I'm actually Lao. Okay. Uh, so we make a Lao version of broth. There is a history of, you know, Asian people using herbs and... Uh, things from nature, items from nature, and just putting it into. So our type of food, we call it peasant food because you use your hand a lot and you use what you can find out in the jungle, out in nature to cook and eat, which is why there's a lot of um, bugs <laughs> that they make and they cook and they eat. So, mm-hmm. uh, bugs my, are full of protein. Yeah. Do not diminish bugs. Yeah. I think I think um, uh, uh, chapulinas, uh, the mm-hmm. little grasshoppers from Oaxaca, are very tasty. Yeah. They're crunchy. <laughs> I've got to try that. <laughs> I'm not into yeah. yeah. Oh no, they, they they taste like um, like croutons with legs. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. That's different. Usually people people say chicken, right? right. Everything tastes they like don't chicken. Taste like, no, they don't taste nothing like chicken. <laughs> you know, the the, uh, the 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 ants I could take or leave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Um, that's where I learned what I was actually. So did you at that eating. point call your mom? Yeah, and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> What's all right, going we need to have here? a conversation." Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, but you know, my my road into the regulated market and my current role now, uh, it really just happened this past year. Wait, I want to go back to your mom. Yeah, <laughs> did she do it for the? flavor for the or what was her reasoning for putting it in the food yes mainly for the flavor okay. because it what it did was just make everything else more robust and tasteful okay by eating it was there a cannabis effect um for me i didn't feel it okay for me it was just wow this is really good <laughs> this bowl is like my mom's cooking was the community like she was the community right cook. And nobody, like, if friends came over, no one cared, obviously. No, Because yeah. it mm-hmm. was just what it was. It was just fuck to them. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So, yeah, and then, I mean, uh, I went to school for my human development psychology degree. Um, I what did, school, please? Uh, Cal State East Bay. Uh, okay. It was called Cal State Hayward when I started. I remember that, yes. <laughs> and they changed the name while okay. I was there. And I got my graduate degree in healthcare administration. Um, I went the healthcare route. Corporate healthcare. I worked for Kaiser and Stanford Healthcare, implemented uh, special projects for them, like opening up their hospitals, building new health insurance plans. Um, 
then being in the Bay Area, I decided to do the cliche thing of starting my own startup. <laughs> what people get inspired to do when they go out to the Bay Area. I did that for a few years. Um, realized what was the idea? The idea, it was called Film Hero. Um, and I was helping filmmakers make more of a social impact with their films through in-person screenings. So I was scaling the way they were getting their films out because they weren't getting picked up after film festivals. They were getting pushed to the side, or if they were, they were getting a shit deal. Coming from the world of Kaiser, the world mm -hmm. of, of medicine up there, um, you know, did you ever encounter people mentioning cannabis as a possible thing that might, might help? Or was it just they're too conservative, they just don't do that? Oh, all the time. There's so many stories that you hear all the time from different people of how it's helped them, how medical cannabis. But, but what about the establishment running the hospitals? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There was never a mention of it. There was never a So discussion. no matter how much people would argue that yeah. they had really been helped, mm -hmm. they didn't care. Yeah. It was really, these stories come from the patients. They don't come from the staff. And the staff don't reinforce the stories. You never hear them sharing right. the stories. Look, I, I went, we've talked about on the air before how I went to UCLA to a, a conference in uh, cannabis and and cancer, mm -hmm. and the the doctors, major major players at, at UCLA, kept saying, now we can only tell you anecdotally, we yeah. can't do research, we can only say this anecdotally, and at one point they mentioned that they cannot even take grant money from the cannabis companies yes. at the school, they've been restricted for that, so they could just pass on tales they had heard, which is a little strange for a doctor, you know, who's research-based, to just yeah. pass on stories, but clearly, Underneath that was, we could just pass this on as a story, and we believe every word of it. Well, I think they have to say that just because they oh, get legally. federally yeah. funding, mm -hmm. federal funding mm -hmm. for their mm -hmm. programs and such, and they don't want to jeopardize that, so they respectfully. But the internet, that, that's where they had a. Um, I've showed you the picture. That's where they had a slideshow, and one of the slides from the 1930s was a bottle from Eli Lilly, a major drug manufacturer of cannabis. It was cannabis. It was it was in a bottle. They were selling it like you'd sell aspirin or yeah. Tylenol or something like that. It was just another drug to be used. And we're not talking about cocaine or, and Coca-Cola. Or just another spice, you know? Another yeah. Spice. <laughs> another herb. Eli, Eli, I love Eli, it. Eli Lilly could make They don't do that, no. Maybe um, that's a new trend we're going to see is like cooking with cannabis, you know? At, oh, yeah. And we're seeing the cafes and the lounges. At least mm -hmm. you're seeing more up in uh, where you are. We're yeah. having more down yeah. here in LA. Mm -hmm. But uh, but but you know, being in the being in the Bay Area, you're clearly at the nexus, the center mm -hmm. point of all cannabis development. I mean, long before there was any movement towards medical cannabis, you know, Mendocino, um, mm -hmm. Humboldt, uh, Humboldt. Yeah. The, the, the what, what is it? The the Green Triangle. Yeah. What's it called? <laughs> What's, always, the, what's the third one? Emerald, Humboldt, and I don't know. Some, something else. Shasta, maybe. Um, but it, it is up there. Is what, that's mm -hmm. where they, that's where it's been grown forever. Yeah. And that's that's where, you know, you had you had the, the hippie farmers, you know, when <laughs> you drive up there and they'd be down the roads and, um, you know, they were pretty much left alone. And now suddenly they're legitimate. They're out there. Mm -hmm. And... And the Bay Area continues to be the center of it. So for you going from from the hospitals to Film Hero to Vertosa seemed like a pretty, you know, it wasn't an unnatural jump. 
not at all. Um, really, everything I've been doing is just scaling what people have started. My work is in helping uh, product scale, services scale, people scale, their impact. And so it was a natural, for me, it felt really natural to come here because all I'm doing is bringing my growth skills um, and even my knowledge with my healthcare background to join this industry that is just growing and opening up doors to so many different uh, options for so, people. So do you have, um, obviously you needed to find some scientists or formulators mm-hmm. to figure out how to mm-hmm. create the special sauce that you put out yeah. there? Yep. How did that come to be? So our chief science officer, uh, Dr. Harold Hahn, is actually the founder of the company. Um, And he is the one who created uh, these emulsions. He's the one that continuously works on it day to day, creating new emulsions that fit new applications. Um, Some of our emulsions are um, patent. So that's a great thing. And his whole background is in creating emulsions. Uh, your t-shirt says infused. Uh-huh. Can you explain what infused means? <laughs> it means we infuse the product with a cannabis, a, a can, uh, a, one of our emulsion formulas. So think about it like yeah. uh, you've had an infused martini. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's same thing. Okay. So She's infusing it with a THC special sauce or just yeah. a CBD special sauce. <clears throat> just like any other category, um, you can have added flavors, you know, hers is... Just think of it as a secret sauce. In terms of making the infusion, though, I mean, are we talking about, once again, the trucks with the weed coming in the back door? No. And are you then putting in, like, big vats and boiling it down? No, it looks no. like a, I'm sure her facility looks just like a P&G facility, you know? <laughs> so we don't touch the flour at Bertosa. Oh. What we do is procure the oil, and we magically turn the oil into a water-compatible solution that our clients can just throw in, throw into their process. So they add the THC in. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we, um, what we do is get base products from them of what they're trying to create. And then from there, we're providing different emulsions that, that may, wa- may work. So what they're doing is just testing different formulas um, for their final product. And once they figure out which formula works best with all their ingredients. Then they have a flavor house who adds flavor to the product. Um, they have a co-manufacturer who fills uh, and puts the product together for them. This stuff isn't all done in someone's bedroom. Not at all. Not in a kitchen, not, not a in a bedroom. No, okay. Although it used to be like that. Right. <laughs> I still that's have why I some people legal. who do that. They, they're like, I'm concocting something in my kitchen. Can you try it? I'm like, nope. Well, you remember, even in Weed the People. <laughs> You're like, I've learned, right? Yeah. Even in Weed the People. Never just try um, something. The, the, the parents of the kids with, with pediatric cancer were getting their emulsions from someone who's cooking in their kitchen. I mean, you saw them, yeah. you know, in the kitchen <laughs> with a big pot yeah. full of, mm-hmm. and they were boiling it down. And yeah. there's still tons of those people out there because they yeah. don't have access in their states. Like, there's yeah. a ton of people who have kids with issues. Mm-hmm. or what, I'm on yeah. some crazy Facebook group, and these parents will do anything, obviously, for their children. Yeah. And it's amazing what they'll brew in their yeah. kitchen, and they yeah. share recipes, and they share findings. Mm-hmm. And these people have, like very complex Facebook groups with like mm-hmm. documentation of and discounts and which brands work <laughs> and like it's and it's yeah. all not commercial or sponsored by anybody. It's just a bunch of parents who are sharing knowledge. Anecdotes and knowledge. You're giving experience. us um, something we haven't really had before, which is uh, an overview of the complexity of the manufacturing. Yes. I mean, if you say that you never see flour 
that means there's another manufacturer out there who does see the flower. Yeah. Or maybe the manufacturer beyond them see the, sees the flower and, and it's a component, goes into a component, is added mm-hmm. to a component. Mm-hmm. You put together a bunch of components and yeah. eventually, I mean, you make the ultimate product, right? We make the ultimate emulsion. So um, in between... Fi- like, for example, this is a final product of yes. someone she's partnered with. So this yeah. is Lube Life. Yep. She provides the secret sauce inside. <laughs> Bertosa provides the secret sauce. <laughs> Not yet, sorry. <laughs> she doesn't uh, personally. But, yeah. but you also have the um, uh, these little matchbook-like things. Uh-huh. They're quite pretty, quite attractive. And that's that's an infusion that I would add to my mouth yeah. or coffee or whatever I wanted to. Yes, those are our sample packs. Um, what we're showcasing with that is how easy it is to have normal consumption of this product. You no longer have to sit around and smoke or go to a designated area to smoke. You could easily wake up, pour yourself a cup of coffee, open one of our little sample pack vials, pour it in, stir, and enjoy it. So this is for fantastic for people who have like Parkinson's or Mm -hmm. other horrible diseases that they use CBD or THC to help control and manage their issues. I love it because it reminds me of, you're probably too young to even know this, like back in the day, Perfume samples used to come like that. That's an actual perfume sample. And I love bottle. it. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like. I didn't know they had disappeared. Yeah, when was that? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, don't like. I stop in the perfume section at <laughs> now that. Now they just uh, spray a piece of yeah, uh, paper no. <laughs> and give it to you. Much better cost no. savings. But this is brilliant. I love the package. It's yeah. a nice yeah. uh, way to deliver it. I had a friend who used to save the perfume samples from magazines. They'd pull out the page, you know, with the little pull-open thing. <laughs> and, yeah. and they had like a whole drawer full of them. And you rub yourself all like, over it with it. <laughs> <"You're>, something's <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> this is not something to be saved. Yeah, that's right. I mean, on the other hand, it does make the magazine thinner. But, you know, it's uh, you start looking through magazines like, um, I don't know, Elle and Mademoiselle. And there's like two-thirds of them are mm-hmm. perfume samples. Um Oh, you like to read ladies' magazines, I see. <laughs> I like to go through them and obsessively pull the things out and put them in the drawer. It's something I, I just do. What you this do, this friend of his, <laughs> close personal friend. What you do, I, I think back in the day we used to call it factoring. Have you ever heard that term? No. Where you would you would take for any industry all the parts and pieces, the factors, mm-hmm. and you had one company that was in charge of pulling them all together. Yes. And so you factor everything together into the final product. Yep. Um, and then you're coming now. You're the head of growth, uh-huh. but you also have uh, no doubt a head of marketing. Uh, so that is my department. Um, it's it's really a fancy way of saying marketing. To uh, right. growth is a new term in the tech startup industry. It really just came alive maybe five years ago or so. It's funny. I've seen it on a lot of cards. Yeah. Head of growth. Um, it good. it really opens us up more to more work, <laughs> other than just marketing. Right, uh, marketing. You're focused on bringing in leads for your, for your company for your sales team to close. But as a growth person, not only are you taking care of that. But you're also removing all the blockages in the different departments, as well as roles and processes. Any area that shows a blockage for growth and overall scalability, we're reviewing and we're providing a solution or we're working with the right stakeholders to make sure there's a solution so we can continue to scale. And you can scale nationally because you don't have any cannabis in your product and so it can cross state lines. We were talking yeah. about that earlier. So the, uh, our hemp CBD, uh, of course, can cross state lines. Um, THC, of course, only within California. With so much competition out there, how's business? 
Business is great. Um, okay. You know, we come from the standpoint that not one size fits all. And there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to sell the idea of one size fits all. It's perfectly fine. You can use one formula for everything. Um, and we do hold the hand of our clients very closely. As you stated, there's so many factors to putting a final product on the shelf. And so we stay with them from ideation all the way to product launch. Uh, because, you know, people, friends will come to town from other places. Mm-hmm. They'll ask what store to go to, what dispensary in Los Angeles to go to. And um, and then they'll say, well, what, what branch I get? I go, you know, there aren't a lot of brands that overlap from shop to shop to shop. It gets very, very tricky to tell you. I mean, there's certain big ones, Pop and Barkley, which you mentioned, Dosit. Uh, they're all pretty notable. I guess Temple Extracts. Um, uh, these are kind of the you know the, the big boys, but then there's a lot of stuff that you can you may find at that store on that block three blocks away. You won't find it at the other store. Yeah. Um, so you know, how do you compete against all the other brands that are doing something similar? Well, the great thing is we're not competing against our brands. We're infusing all of them. Yeah. So she <laughs> wants to be partnered with every single one of them. So okay. Yeah. They need to get their. THC from somebody, so yeah, they need to get their active ingredients. So you don't get anything into the stores, right? We don't have to. We that's not our part. And she wants to convince the brands to use her stuff, Mm -hmm. Vertosa stuff versus Merrill stuff. You know, Joanna's. Okay, (laughs) so you are one of the factors. You're not factoring everything together, exactly. But you have factors beneath you. We have, have factors who supply what you do so that you could be yep. a factor for somebody else. Yes. Does that sound too wacky? No. <laughs> no. We're a factor, no, and we bring all the other factors together with us to help the client, to help the brand. Where do you see the world of, of uh, you know, as perception has changed, where do you see the world of CBD, of THC, of medical cannabis going? Um, honestly, I see it going down a path where it's going to be normalized. Uh it's going to be destigmatized. There's going to be so much more access to it, especially as so many research initiatives are being initiated and so many new results are coming out. I believe the FDA just put something out and their new chief commissioner said it's a fool's game to remove any CBD uh, products off the market. That's not verbatim, but he said something along those lines because there's so many products on the market and there's so many demand, so much demand right now for um, consuming it in different ways. Yeah, but the you know the societal resistance is is out there. You know we're here in California. Well, it's fine here. It's not fine all over California, you know. Yeah. But you know we we're we're down Los Angeles. You're up in the Bay Area. It's like yeah, no 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 biggie. It's what it is. But so I have uh, a question. There are other parts of the country where it's not so casual. Go ahead, dear. In terms of growth, why do you think products are having so much trouble out in the marketplace? Trust is a big thing, Trust. right? Labeling. Um, we see this a lot with our clients where there's an unknown of how they should label, um, what they can say and what they cannot say. Um, the reason we handhold our clients very carefully is because we want to make sure what products that are put out there that are infused by us, the end consumer can trust the product. The potency is accurate. Um, the consistency is accurate. Um, I feel like a lot of the media that's out there around products that aren't consistent. You'll hear a lot that, hey, you said 10 milligrams, but this product, when we test it, there's two milligrams right. of THC or whatnot. Um, so there's there's a lot of mistrust out there. There's a lot of miseducation, or there's not a lot of education either for people to understand, hence why there's uh, parents in the kitchen cooking things right. up and people are following those stories. But 
nothing's being tested and accurate to show real results of what it is. So for, from what my perspective is, a lot of companies aren't growing because when they do create their products, they're not going through the proper factors, the proper channels of getting it tested accurate labels um, following what's set right now, although a lot of things are unknown um, based on the FDA and whatnot, uh, doing our part to educate the consumer properly can help other brands grow. Yeah, we continuously tell our listeners to always ask for a certificate of analysis on whatever products you're looking for. It should be readily available Mm -hmm. on any brand's website or because you want to see what's in it, just like the food you're eating. Or the stuff you're putting on your skin. I mean, I've long argued Mm -hmm. that uh, you'd have to be a real fool to pay $2 extra to get some CBD added to your uh, espresso (laughs) down at the coffee place or to your your vanilla gelato at the the ice cream place. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're giving me the very best quality stuff for the extra two bucks. I'm quite sure of it. Not. Who knows what they're giving? Yeah. You, you know, know it's what, probably though? canola oil. Meryl, I'll have to tell you the opposite. <laughs> I went to an event, a fantastic high-end event, where they had a CBD uh, mixologist there. Mm-hmm. And on the bar, you have the product you're putting in, and you see the person dropping it in. So you could actually pick up the bottle, yeah. read what it is, instead yeah. of like it being behind the counter. Exactly. It's just like when you go to the doctor's office and they like inject you with stuff. Like you don't want to see, you want to see them pull the vaccine out of the bottle. <laughs> you don't want them just walk in with like a syringe full. You want to know what's going in no matter where you're putting it in your body head to yeah. toe, you know? Yeah. You're yeah. looking at me like I'm nuts. No, it's like well, what you described <laughs> is not something that you'll see in your local coffee or ice cream place. Right, right. But yeah. I really appreciated it because we've talked about it so yeah. many times. And then I went to this yeah. event and I loved yeah. how they just had, just so you could see, taken out of the dropper. Yeah. Right. Your yeah. drink's done, drop, drop, mm-hmm. garnish, mm-hmm. serve. And that's part of the work of this industry, right? And making sure people trust the products um, is everyone takes responsibility of providing that information. Like we always take responsibility for making sure there's a COA for all of our emulsions when they go out. We take the responsibility of working with our clients to make sure the verbiage they're putting together on their labeling, as well as their websites about what they've used um, is accurate. Um, And if it's not accurate, we make sure they take the verbiage of we're suggesting, we're recommending, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. I have a question. How does infusion relate to terpenes? Because we've talked about terpenes a lot. Do your infusions have terpenes in them? Can they add them? or They can add them. Okay. So, so they the- can customize to add what type of terpenes uh, during kind of a, a demo phase with our sales team, um, people tend to tell us if they're interested in terpenes or not. Got it. it's so it's just option. like another ingredient yeah. or an mm-hmm. herb to stick yeah. in. Cool. <laughs> Do you see a time in the future when Consumer Reports will have its every few month rating of different um, CBD products where they will be testing them in their labs? Yeah, you know? I, I, I think mean, they where should. Where is that legitimate? Yeah. Oh, I think they should. Someone's yeah. like, I mean, you see news independent news people doing it or whatnot, mm-hmm. but you want it to be more... You can find it online, but I don't know yeah. how accurate the testing is. Right. I know with, with Consumer Reports, it's going to be pretty accurate testing. Yeah, they're, they should they're open a division for cannabis. Yep. I'll head it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to test all their flour. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. I'll join you. <laughs> She's like, so I'll leave Vertosa. <laughs> so Vertosa is a product uh, distributed... 
Well, a little, not well. Nationwide. Uh, nationwide. It's nationwide. Worldwide. Um, and actually, internationally, mm-hmm. one of our clients we um, distributed to the EU. So that's awesome. Nice. Uh, we, nice. We are definitely trying to be global. Well, I sent Joanna a photo of me in London in front of a dispensary. <laughs> yeah, I sent yeah. him. You know, I was like, it came as a big surprise. I didn't realize there were going to be dispensaries there. Oh, yeah. And there it was on, um, on Portobello Road, right oh. in the middle of the market. A big old dispensary next to a beer place. Right? <laughs> I, I say nowadays there's more dispensaries than like coffee shops, at least in this neighborhood. I mean, uh, you see them going up everywhere. I don't know what part of yeah. town. Well, so Los Angeles, this area right here, this yeah. is the San Fernando Valley. I mean, this area has so many. The most sushi restaurants per <laughs> square mile. I'm serious. That's a real fact. And then also I would say cannabis stores are right behind Wow. It. You could never have too many sushi bars. And there's one right on Coldwater. There's CBD next to the sushi bar, so it's like perfect. I, it's like so California cliche. <laughs> yeah. See Simone Papone, you're a pleasure. Thank you. For Thank you for introducing me. us to Vertosa. Thank you for introducing us to the complexity of the world that we represent every show, along with the medical aspects that we truly believe are out there. We really appreciate it. It's Meryl Schindler. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Gritchan Grande. We'll catch you next time. Meanwhile, take your CBD. Behind the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. Behind the Hog, the podcast.com. That's Behind the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend. <laughs>